Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our text today will be taken uh, from what we just heard in the Gospel of Luke. We begin with the word of prayer. Almighty God, we give you thanks this day for the giving of your Son, Jesus Christ, who has come to be our Savior. And Lord, as we prepare to worship him and receive him uh, in your gifts, we pray, Lord, uh, that you would prepare us for whatever it is that might lie ahead. Grant us your grace and give us your son, Jesus. And now, Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, guys, we are almost there. Five days left until 2020 is over. Praise God, hallelujah. We get all Baptists all of a sudden start throwing our hands around. It's very exciting stuff. Uh, and now if you were here on Christmas Eve, you heard me say, just because 2020 ends and 2021 begins doesn't mean all of our problems are going away. But I will say, I'm ready for this year to be over. I think we can all agree that we're kind of done uh, with the year 2020. And one of the things I am not going to miss about this year is certain phrases that have just become sort of uh, shibboleths in our culture and things that people are just saying all the time without really thinking about them. Like one of the words I don't really ever want to hear again is that word unprecedented. Have you heard? I mean, all the time we are living in unprecedented times. And, and I think what we mean by that is we've, you know, we've never really seen anything like this before. Obviously, that's what unprecedented means. Uh, but I've begun to think like it's not really true. I mean, yeah, we've, we've not really gone through something like this before, but we're really not facing an entirely new situation that no one's ever seen or heard of ever in our whole lives. And, and I got thinking about this the other day as I was reading through an essay by C.S. Lewis. It's actually a lecture C.S. Lewis gave uh, entitled Learning in a Time of War. And in this essay, he's talking to a bunch of students who are beginning at university during the time of World War II. And he's talking to them about, is it really worth learning right now with all of this crazy stuff happening in the world during World War II in England there? They're being bombed all the time. There's, there's all kinds of fear living in people's hearts. People are being recruited to go in and fight the war. And Lewis says, is there really even a point right now for us to be learning things like philosophy or, or math or art or anything like that when the world seems to be crumbling around us? Lewis asks, is it not like fiddling while Rome burns? Now, Lewis is going to go on to make the case that absolutely we should, we should be continuing to learn. We should certainly be doing art and philosophy and all of these things in a time of war. And Lewis is going to make the case because uh, that this is the case because things really haven't changed all that much. Even with a war going on, Lewis writes this. The war creates no absolutely new situation. It simply aggravates the permanent human situation so that we can no longer ignore it. That permanent uh, human situation that Lewis is referring to here is, of course, death. He says, basically, that the war does not change our circumstances in terms of the reality of death. He says it simply forces us to remember and I think that this is very pertinent for us here who believe that 2020 is so unprecedented. With this all this pandemic chaos, we need to understand that when it comes to our relationship to death, our situation has really not changed all that, all that much. I mean, death will come. 
whether it comes one way or the other. Now, I'm not trying to be flippant about this disease, and I'm not trying to be flippant about death or war or anything like this. I'm being quite serious. What this year has done for us or to us and, and what uh, the pandemic has taught us is that death is unavoidable, a topic which we would prefer not to talk about and an idea which we would prefer to remove from our minds. Uh, but all this has done is brought it to the fore. And now we recognize we need to deal with it. Death is unavoidable, whether it comes through war or a pandemic or old age or whatever. So the question before us today is not whether or not we will face death in the future, because barring the return of Christ, it's inevitable. But rather, how do we prepare for death? And I know what you're thinking. Boy, this is a chipper sermon to start off today. I thought we were still in Christmas season, right? Like I was hoping for, for more like singing sheep around the manger and the baby Jesus cooing in his mother's arms. And, and here it is talking about death. I want mistletoe and holly, not all this. But you've you got to understand, this is actually why we celebrate Christmas at all. It's why we have Christmas. This is why Jesus came, to do something about death. But unlike war or the pandemic, Jesus' coming actually does change our relationship to death. It actually does change our circumstances when it comes to death. And we get this so beautifully pictured for us today in our account of Simeon there in the reading from the Gospel of Luke. For you and I, death is something we want to ignore and avoid and certainly not keep hearing about in the sermon today. Uh, but for Simeon, it seems to be quite the opposite. Good old Simeon doesn't seem bothered by death at all. In fact, Simeon is rejoicing today in our text because he knows he is prepared for death by the coming of this promised Jesus. So the account goes like this. Mary and Joseph are, are uh, taking Jesus up to Jerusalem to be obedient to the law of God. Uh, they're going up for this time of purification to offer up sacrifices on behalf of the child, which is really a whole other sermon sometime. Isn't it fascinating how they're offering sacrifices on behalf of Jesus? But that's for another time. And as, they have, as they're there offering up their sacrifices, Simeon sees the child and is somehow, in some way, informed by the Holy Spirit that this is the child both he and all of Israel have been waiting for. This is the long-foretold promised Messiah. Now, all of Israel has been waiting for this Jesus, but Simeon's waiting is rather unique because somewhere along the way, in some way, the Holy Spirit came to Simeon and told him that he would not die, he would not face death until he saw the Lord's Christ. So for Simeon, he knew that once he had seen the promise of God fulfilled, he could face death and he could face death with confidence. See, see, he's so different from our perspective. You and I who seem to fear death more than anything, Simeon here seems set almost to embrace it. He sees the Lord's Christ and this is what he says. He starts singing, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light to reveal you to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. Simeon can depart in peace. That is, we might say it this way, Simeon can die happy. Why? Because he has seen God's promises fulfilled. He knows that God has sent his Savior into the world. He knows that God has sent a Savior to Israel. And Simeon knows that God has sent this Savior to him. 
He knows now that his God is faithful to his word, and so he can depart in peace. And what I want us to hear from this text today is that that's not just true for Simeon, that's true for you and I as well. Because you and I have received the same Jesus that Simeon received, certainly not in the exact same way. And yet Christ has certainly come for you and for me, and in our baptisms he has promised to us that because of his coming to us, we can depart in peace. We no longer have to fear death. There's a marvelous verse from Romans 14 that I know I've probably quoted one too many times this year, but it's really one worth keeping in mind. St. Paul writes this, None of us lives to himself and none of us dies to himself. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or we die, we are the Lord's. We are the Lord's, which means we can face death without fear. Because Christ is more inevitable than death, and the resurrection is more powerful than the grave. The birth of Christ marks the beginning of death's end. And that's why Simeon sings, because he knows it. He knows that in seeing this Christ, he can depart in peace. And the same holds true for you and for me who have been baptized into the name of Jesus Christ. There's a wonderful reason here why we sing this song of Simeon uh, after communion. Remember those days long ago when we used to have like a whole service and it was really long, like a whole hour and everything? Uh, you remember those days? We would sing this song after communion. It's the song of Simeon. and In Latin, we call it the Nunc Dimittis, which is just a fancy way of saying now dismiss us. And that's a wonderful thing to see after we receive communion, because after we receive communion, we've received the same Jesus that Simeon received. You've heard me say this quote before, but one of my favorite quotes about communion is, we go to the Lord's Supper like we're going to our grave, so that we can go to our grave like we're going to the Lord's Supper. Which sounds bleak until you think of it in like Simeon-like terms. And what you realize that we're saying there is that whether we're going to the Lord's Supper or we're going to our grave, either way, we're going to see Jesus. And he's either going to be hidden there for us in bread and wine, but fully giving himself to us with his body and blood. Or if we're going to our grave, we're going to see him giving himself to us in the full-on vision of glory. And so we can sing. See, Simeon was promised that he would see the Lord's Christ before he died, and he did. God prepared him for death by giving him Jesus. And so he has done for you and for me as well. You were promised Jesus in your baptism. You were promised that you would receive him, and you were prepared for death when you did. This is precisely why we take the Lord's Supper, so among the reasons, I should say, why we take the Lord's Supper again. Because there, he's preparing you and giving you his very body and blood, the broken body and the shed blood for you and bread and wine. You are being forgiven. And being forgiven is just another way of saying you are being prepared not just to face death, but to live eternally. For the forgiveness of your sins, eternal life is granted to you. Now, don't get me wrong here today. I'm not saying that death is like a good thing. Death is an enemy. It's not something we should celebrate, pursue, or embrace. But also we know today that it's not something we should fear or hide from either. Because whether you live or you die, you belong to the Lord of Simeon. You belong to the Lord of the resurrection. And you can depart in peace. You can die happy. And as a result of this, 
Because of this promise, because of this Jesus, because you know your death is taken care of in Christ, you can also live boldly and live joyfully. For Christ has given himself to you, and he has defeated your death. See, 2020 hasn't changed your relationship to, je to death. Jesus has. He's taken away its sting. And so today, we come to the altar to receive his very body and blood and be prepared to depart in peace and joy. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks that you have conquered death. We give you thanks that your son Jesus died our death on the cross and rose again on the third day for our salvation, promising us, Lord, that one day we will rise to be with you forever. Give us hope in this promise, and Lord, we pray that this promise would make us bold to live for you and for the sake of our neighbor. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.